that Petro's hands were as soft as a woman's. Petro did not fit into the village life. He did not go to church with the rest of his family. He sat alone, reading books, rather than joining in conversation. But Dimitri liked the awkward schoolmaster. He did not mind that the villagers did not like him. Many of the people who lived in the village, Dimitri thought of them as the other ones, the ones who were not his family, regarded Dimitri and his family with suspicion. Sometimes, in the village, Dimitri overheard muttered insults, never to his face, always behind his back as he was walking away. Little hairy one, the storekeeper would mutter. Beast of the devil! But Petro Komunitsky always treated him like the other children, wrapping his head when he didn't pay attention, nodding vaguely when he got an answer right. Dmitri lingered after the end of the class one day and asked Petro Komunitsky how their village had come to belong to the Tsar. It seems to me that I belong to myself, Dmitri said thoughtfully. Komunitsky sat down at his desk, staring at Dmitri. Speak quietly. The Tsar does not like people who think like you. Dmitri frowned and stepped back, but Komunitsky was smiling suddenly, an expression that fit his face strangely. But everyone does not think like the Tsar, Dmitri, and that is good. Dmitri did not understand all that Komunitsky told him. Later, he remembered bits and pieces about the brotherhood of man, about the blood of patriots, about freedom and more about this place called America, where every man was as good as another, where good growing land was empty and waiting for the plow. Not long after that, the Tsar's soldiers swept through town and took Petro Komunitsky away with them. The storekeeper's wife wept quietly during the Sunday service, and Ivan Levyetsky, a farmer as stout and solid as the pigs he raised, took Komunitsky's place in the classroom teaching the children their sums and their alphabet, never straying into talk of exotic places. Dmitri was the youngest son in a family of six sons. His family lived on the edge of the village, beside marshlands that stretched eastward for three days' ride. His family grew cabbages and potatoes in the land beside their house and worked in the landlord's fields. On Sundays, they walked to the village church. On nights when the moon was full, his two married brothers, Vassal and Mikhail, returned to his parents' house. Then the change came, and his mother and his father and all his brothers would run in the marsh, hunting for hares and roe deer and wild pigs. Others from the village rarely hunted on the uncertain ground of the marsh, They did not trust it. Paths shifted and changed, and the earth underfoot was treacherous. Ground that looked firm could give way beneath a person's weight. Pools that looked shallow had muddy bottoms that could swallow you whole. This land belonged to wild creatures who could sniff out the solid ground. When Dmitri was fifteen, the change came to him, and he ran with his family. It seemed to him that the coming of the change was like the shifting of borders, 
Everything was the same, and yet everything was different. He still went with his father and his brothers to tend the landlord's fields. He still worked in the family's garden. He still fed the chickens and the pigs and the cows. On Sundays, he and his family walked the three miles to the village church. But he could feel his moods shifting with the moon, could feel an itching just under his skin that came with the new moon and increased as the moon waxed, a restlessness that sang in his blood. He did not remember exactly when he first thought about going to America, perhaps when he was young, listening to Petro Komenitsky tell of the freedom that waited there. As the youngest of six sons, he knew that there was little for him in the village. The small patch of land that his family owned would never support all the brothers and all their wives.